0: Warfare and Raiding – Unrest and Violence in Medieval Mullamast The villages and dwellings of the Anglo-Norman colonists were often shadowed by the threat of sudden violent raids and incursions from hostile Irish forces. For a village to survive, it needed to keep a wary eye on maintaining defences and supplying young men to serve in the military. As with all Anglo-Norman manors, the most important element of Mullamast was its castle. It was through these fortifications that the colonists underpinned their control of the landscape. Through their castles, the Anglo-Normans exercised military authority, controlled movement and visually displayed their power. The earliest fortification at Mullamast was probably made of earth and wood, But no reference to a castle survives before 1590. This later castle, probably a stone tower house, is also depicted on maps from the 1650s, but its exact location remains a mystery, as the castle was destroyed in the 18th century when its stone was recycled for the construction of nearby Prospect House. It may survive under that building, or have originally stood near a field known locally as the old town. Though no visible remains of Molomast's fortifications survive, the archaeological excavations did produce evidence for military activity. This is no surprise, for Molomast was part of a feudal society. From time to time, some of the villagers had to put their agricultural tools aside to pick up the weapons of war. They also had to open their homes to visiting soldiers as they passed through on their way to executing the Lord's military will. A discovery in the topsoil produced evidence for what these men wore to war. It was a fragment of chainmail, a type of armour made from small metal rings linked together to form a protective mesh. It may have once been part of a male shirt called a hauberk, designed to provide protection from blows, but still allow its wearer freedom of movement. A number of arrowheads were also found around the village. Archery was a prized skill in the medieval world, and many of Molomas' men would have been expected to regularly practice it. Some of the excavated arrows were of a type called bodkins, these were a form of armor piercing arrow with long, slender bodies that had the ability to easily punch through padded jackets or chainmail. Throughout the 13th century, Mullamas villagers enjoyed a largely peaceful existence. But that changed utterly in the 14th century. In 1316, the most devastating conflict witnessed in medieval Ireland came to the very doors of Mullamas farmers. In May of the previous year, Edward, brother of the Scottish king Robert de Bruce, landed in Ulster at the head of an experienced Scottish army. He had come to open a second front in their war with Edward II and to pursue his aim of becoming King of Ireland. By January 1316, he and his men were in Kildare. Thousands of his soldiers passed through Castle Dermot and Athy, on the very doorstep of Mullamast. In previous years, many of the horses bred in Mullamast were used in the conflict in Scotland, where Irish hobblers fought for England against the Scots. There was some irony in the fact that those self-same Scots were now among them. It is easy to imagine some of Edward Bruce's battle-hardened men riding through the village streets, spreading panic as they went. The bloody climax of the Scottish incursion into Kildare came close to Ardskull. This nearby settlement was well known to Mullermast's villagers, who regularly visited its fairs and markets. It was there, late in January, that the Scots met the Anglo-Irish army that had been gathered to repel them. Some of the terrified men, And their terrified horses, who stood nervously in the Anglo-Irish ranks waiting for the slaughter to begin, may well have been from Mullamast. A contemporary account described their fate. The Scotsmen pierced their armour with spears, impaled their horses and struck men down. It was a tough battle, and those of Ireland who had been so resisted did not dare to stay there any longer but fled. Scattered, every one of them, leaving on the battlefield a great many of their good men dead. The Scots emerged victorious and the war moved on. It would rage for another two years until Edward Bruce met his own death on the battlefield of Fahard in 1318. Even after the Bruce Wars had passed the threat of violence remained. The Black Death and a resurgence of Gaelic-Irish power, often called the Gaelic Revival, weakened the colony further still. By the start of the 15th century, Mullamast was firmly in a frontier zone. Though still administered from Dublin, it now lay beyond the official borders of that heartland of Anglo-Irish control known as the Pale. Raids from the Gaelic Irish of Wicklow and Offaly were becoming more frequent. It may have been in response to them that some of the men of Mullamast were called to arms, as two records of royal service in 1422 and 1430 refer to the Army of Mullamast. Eventually, the great Fitzgerald Earls of Kildare re-established control, and by the 1480s they had regained dominance of the region. It proved but a brief respite. The 16th century brought yet more violence to Kildare and Mullamast. One of the bloodiest incidents was the rebellion against the crown led by Thomas Fitzgerald, 10th Earl of Kildare, better known to history as Silken Thomas. That rebellion ended in bloody suppression and retribution. Other clashes in the 1530s devastated Mullamast. In that decade, the area was described as waste and unoccupied due to war. Mullamas' church was said to have been ruinous as a result of war. Remarkably, it would seem that the settlement may actually have survived this trauma, but it was never the same again. It was now entering terminal decline. The days of Mullamas' life as a village were well and truly numbered.